Hey there, guys and gals, geeks and gamers. You're listening to the Nerd of Godcast, that place on the Venn diagram of life where Christ culture and nerd culture find sweet, sweet two-player co-op. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Nerd of Godcast, where nerd culture has stumbled, but Christ culture comes along beside it, picking it back up, dusting it off, and carrying it across the finish line, leaving not two, but just one set of footprints in the sand. (laughs) This is the place where all your faith and fandom come together, where you can geek out and give glory to God. My name is Tony T, and for the next few minutes, we're going to be talking about all those things, but I'm not going to be doing it by myself, because with me... Aww. Aww. For the first time ever in the history, in 89 episodes of the Nerd of Godcast, Steve-O is not with me as always. He is at home throwing up, so we decided to leave him at home so none of us got his cooties. That's gross. But we're going to give him a chance to call into the show in a little while because we don't want him to be completely left out. I found out yesterday that Dwight Schrute is the only character that was on 100% of the episodes of The Office. Wow. He's the only one who never Steven missed an episode. Every Dwight. other character. And Stevens are Dwight. So we want to make sure that he doesn't break his streak. So we will be calling in with Steven, checking in on him a little bit later on once his head is out of the toilet or wherever it might be right now. But in his stead, across the table, looking mighty spry this evening, <laughs> uh, I want to say hello, hello to my friend, often imitated and never duplicated. It is the big man, Quentin Gregory Neff. You're my friend, too. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> I uh, I text you today just to say hi, and you're like, what do you need? <laughs> well, I, I figured, I don't know. Nothing, man. I was you just, never text me. <laughs> I, do, uh, I, guess, I guess that's my error. I should text you more just to say hi. Uh, I was thinking about you, and I just wanted to see how you're doing. Well, I'm, I was doing well. Well, good. I'm glad. So, well, I brought the entire fury of Poseidon down upon That is right. <laughs> it is. There is a deluge <laughs> happening outside. I can hear it around the building right now. So uh, I hope you guys brought maybe like a rowboat or a dinghy with you. <laughs> we might I have, am the dinghy. <laughs> we might have to get a schooner to get out of here. Um, <laughs> moving on. Speaking of schooners, uh, here she is. She is uh, salty, <laughs> sweet, and conveniently pocket-sized. It is cast member Jackie freaking Wilson. Should I be a offended by that? I don't know, schooners are like little sailboats, right? Isn't that I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I would have said dinghy, then it would have been probably a little less... Isn't that, little isn't that in Oklahoma? Sailboat. That's a schooner. Speaking of a life raft, my life raft of hope, my buoyant little friend, Jackie Wilson. That's much better. And uh, <laughs> and uh, moving, completing our little journey around the table here, uh, she is sometimes sassy, always classy, from the island of enchantment. It is lovely Lady Lee Smotty. Hello, friends. Hello, Lee Smotty. I think I need more out of you there. Oh, I'm, I'm not sorry. sure. Hello, friends. There you go. <laughs> um, and then, of course, over in the booth, pushing all the buttons to keep this bucket of bolts flying, it's our own resident smart guy, Nicholas W. Sadler. Hello. What's up, Nick the Engineer? <clears throat> A lot of engineering. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But, of course, we could not have this uh, be what it is if it wasn't for you, the most important member of our team tonight. Mm-hmm. And we would love to uh, we'd love to connect with you. So the best way that you can track with the Nerd of Godcast is by following us across all the social medias. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at Nerd of Godcast. You can check out our blog online at nerdofgodcast.com, or you can email us at nerdofgodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to chat with you, connect with you, in exchange, whimsical animated kids with you. 
Of course, you can also call us on our Nerd Godcast hotline at 760-N-O-G-C-A-S-T. That's 760-664-2278. And you can also visit our Patreon page. We are a listener-supported show. Every little bit helps. In fact, I want to say thanks so much to our Patreon sponsors for all the things that you do. We're going to be giving you guys a shout-out a little bit later on because they are awesome. They are. You could even say that they're the best thing ever. Ever. Yeah, the best thing ever is a bracket system that we do. Every uh, every episode, we come out with um, a couple different things of a certain category, and this has been a best thing ever lightning round. And we've been focusing on video game villains, and we are now going through the semifinals. This is this is it before the finals, you guys. Mm-hmm. And our polls just closed. I was like, I voted. Did you vote this time? I did. Because I I was conveniently on Twitter during the time that it was up. Fantastic. (laughs) So our uh, best thing ever, video game finals. uh, In semifinal round number one, we had from The Legend of Zelda... Ganon. Ganon. Yeah. Ganon. <laughs> Inside a water Malone. <laughs> and uh, from Portal, GLaDOS. Now, either one of these could have gone and won the whole thing outright. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was a Both tough one. Both are excellent Both villains. Both are excellent villains. Ganon, menacing, GLaDOS, sassy. Mm-hmm. Perfect uh, this or that. If they could team up, boy. Oh. Boy, howdy. Uh. Calamity GLaDOS. They just betray each other. I mean, Ganon did kind of have a sassy sidekick in Skyward Sword. Um, I'm not going to talk about that. Hey, listen. Uh, <laughs> Tingle? So, yeah, it was definitely Tingle. <laughs> so, uh, sure, let's go with that. 70 to 30. Who's moving on to the finals, Jackie? It is Ganon. Ganon from The Legend of Zelda. Uh, a well-placed victory. I mean, I, I, he's got definitely got the time-honored villain streak going on there. And uh, moving on to our next semifinal round from Sonic the Hedgehog. He is the Eggman, Goo Goo Gajoo. It's Dr. Robotnik. <laughs> that guy always well, me out. I am the walrus. Oh, I am the walrus. Oh, uh, and versus Dracula from Castlevania. Yes. Mm. Listen, Dracula from Castlevania took on a whole new meaning for me when they put out the Netflix show, which is very <laughs> difficult to watch. It is extremely horrifying. When are we going to watch the rest of it? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, with with fifty eight, this was a much narrower, and this one stayed fifty fifty mm-hmm. pretty much mm-hmm. the whole way until just the final couple minutes of this thing. Fifty eight percent of the vote. Who's moving on to the finals, Jackie? It would be Dracula. Dracula. Good choice. So we got Dracula versus Ganon in the finals. I don't know, you guys. What do we have? What are we predicting here? Ganon. Ganon. I think it's gonna be Ganon. Oh, okay. He's just so much more popular. I mean, Dracula. I mean, maybe I don't know. It depends on what kind of fan you are. Because who's who is who is more powerful? Do you think? Ooh, that one's tough. Okay, who is more evil? Do you think? Dracula. 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 Who is sexier? Um, that's a loaded question. All right. <laughs> they're both dudes. <laughs> I have to take a hard pass on that one. That's uh, you can vote for our best thing ever by visiting our Twitter page. That's twitter.com slash nerdofgodcast. You can throw your opinion down. Let us know. And also share it. Let Get your friends to vote your way. Compel them to, uh, to sway the vote towards your person. And, of course, we do have people that have made predictions. So if uh, you end up with the highest points, if you made a prediction on our challenge page, then you could win some free best thing ever nerd podcast stuff. And that's not bad. We like that. Uh, So we had a couple people that are in contention for that still. So we're going to see how that thing goes. You can vote online, twitter.com slash nerdagodcast for this, the final round of the best thing ever. Ever. So speaking honestly of the best thing ever, our Patreon sponsors are so great. They are wonderful. And maybe you don't even fully realize how great they are. Let me tell you how great our Patreon sponsors are. Our booth at Megacon is paid for Woo! 
thanks to our Patreon Woo! sponsors. Wow. I'm trying not to be so loud. Woo! <laughs> we have reached uh, we have reached our goal in episode goal a dollar mark. Um, and the way the Patreon works is you go online and you say, okay, we want to support this show. Uh, we want to support their their creation. And you say, okay, I'm gonna, so I'm going to give a dollar every time they put out content. So when we put out an episode, if you're a, a dollar ranked, you you know it charges you a dollar. Or every time some people are like three dollars, some people are seven dollars, and there's different tiers. So at whatever level you give at, you actually get cool rewards from us too. So you get free stuff. Uh, we have one guy that is like super top. It's the tier that I basically made up thinking no one would ever get it. <laughs> and he is giving at that tier level. So he actually gets to have a spot on the show. We're going to call him awesome. and uh, nice. let him feature on one of our games. So yeah, really, really cool stuff. But uh, we want to give back and, and say thanks to our Patreon sponsors. Your faithfulness has allowed us to outright cover our, our Megacon, Megacon booth. So mm-hmm. I, I took it off of our, uh, our online giving thing. I closed it down, said our goal has been reached. We just want to say thanks to all of our Patreon sponsors, everybody on the Wall of Fame. We're going to do this in alphabetical order. We want to give every single person their time to shine, starting with... Josh Adams. Mary Alkire. My man, Joshua Chalk. Steven De La Rosa. Tegan DeLong. Christian Zadek. The lovely Ashley Cronenberger. Our newest Patreon sponsor. <laughs> Woohoo! Uh, Becky Line. Josh Martin. Sarah Elizabeth. Ryan Felton. The Christian Nerd Podcast. Darren Scott. L7. Homeboy Kevin Wilganowski. I think you got Wilga- you nailed it. I think you're getting all the hard names. <laughs> I think you nailed it. I Kevin Wilganowski. You're the best, Kevin. Great job. More than three syllables in their name. <laughs> Let's let the girl who English is not her first language handle it. And, uh, and Carrie Wright. Woo-hoo. So we want to say thank you guys so much for being faithful Patreon sponsors. Thank you for everything that you do. We also want to go a little extra and say thank you for some specific donations that were made for our Megacon effort. Pastor Howard Salter and his team at Belong Church are going to be taking care of our yeah. they're going to be taking yeah. care of our dinner every night at Megacon. Uh. Awesome. Their church Bless is coming you. together to feed us, which is awesome. Thank um, you. Ashley so Cronenbitter, who is, uh, like I said, our newest Patreon sponsor, she has helped uh, to pay for some of our promotional products that we're going to be giving out yep. there. Aww. And in the process, actually, she did this on our store. She also picked up some of our Nerdy Godcast decals for yeah, herself. Hey. So All Ashley, right. Ashley, watch and see if we don't accidentally throw a couple extra free things in there for you. <laughs> Just Ooh, do it yeah. Say we won't. And then our friend Sarah Anderson, she took care of lunch for the crew one day. Oh, so nice. Everybody's pitching in, and this really is a team thing. Yeah, what we're doing at Megacon is not just... It's the squad coming together, man. It's like we're calling in the reserves, dude. We put the (laughs) the NOG signal up in the air. I'm getting goosebumps. And everybody really is pitching in. So what we're going to do, God gets the glory, but um, we we all get to do it together. And that really is super cool. Uh, We've got a great night tonight. Mm -hmm. Uh, We want to talk a little bit about comebacks tonight. You know, when you start to think about... celebrities or franchises or things like that that maybe started out strong and then sort of dwindled and faded and went away. Um, that's what we're going to talk a little bit about tonight. Can you guys think of, can you think of anybody or anything that maybe like, ooh, that there, there needed a, there was a comeback. Well, like a, the Jonas Brothers. Okay. So we were in a restaurant the other day and eating hamburgers and the Jonas Brothers came on and there was a whole, I don't even know, I, you were talking to my wife. I left emotionally. I just emotionally. love the Jonas Brothers and now they finally have come back. They're back together. They're married men. You know? I prefer Kevin. I Can't relate. Kevin, Kevin was doing fine. Everybody else was was doing their weird things. Joe and Nick were doing their Look, things. With y'all, Kevin everybody y'all know they have a little brother, right? Man. To go through a phase, but they're back together now is the important. So thing. did they break up? Well, they like. They, well, yeah, did they stop being brothers? They didn't. <laughs> they did they're still related. They were never not related. They just stopped doing music for. They did their own thing. Yeah. They did their own thing. Are they, so they're real brothers. They're not like fake brothers, no, like no. the Doobie Brothers. There's also no, a really young brother what? who's not part of the band, but uh. he still 
fantastic. And Nick has diabetes. Does he really? I'm yeah. more than a student yeah. than I <laughs> But it comes up. It's the only fact I know. <laughs> okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. So so they're back now. So that's they're a good. Back. And it's been it's been years because I haven't heard about the Jonas Brothers for a while. The they were they were busy in the year 3000. They, yeah. <laughs> Nothing's changed. They're fantastic. They're back together and they're making really good music. And they've been doing a series of shows where they've been performing their old songs. And God knows that if the Jonas Brothers come to Florida and do a concert, lovely Lely's Mari is going to be there. Okay. <laughs> you have been warned, Nick Jonas. Um, what's somebody that you can think of that maybe they've they've fell out of the limelight, they faded into obscurity, and then they had a, a triumphant well, comeback? Definitely not LL Cool J. Oh. Robert Downey Jr. You can't call it a comeback. Yeah, yeah Robert Downey Jr. is the classic example. He's mm-hmm. like it. No, that's us. When when Robert Downey Jr. was um, when when RDJ was young man, he was a real hot celebrity. He was in a lot of different mm-hmm. movies, and then you know drugs reared their ugly head, mm-hmm. and he ended up going to jail. He got like he got sentenced to like three years in prison, and up serving like a year in prison. It's weird because he was on like Saturday Night Live and stuff. He was, and, like, he, he was, was a big deal. and in a ton of movies in the eighties, mm-hmm. and 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 yeah, he even like I think it's an Oscar nomination for Chaplin. Yeah, uh, but. Then, you know, drugs. Drugs are a heck of a thing, dude. Mm-hmm. And uh, went away. And I, I think that being Tony Stark really kind of was his... Comeback moment. That was, that was really was. And, and what a great comeback, right? Yeah, he's yeah. so great. Like, he's such, he seems like such a great guy. And he's not... He doesn't hide his story. He's, like, aware. And he and he shows, like, this is me. This is me. The better me. The so new me. So we were watching um, our, our family. And I think Lise Mati and Steven might have been over there. We were watching Iron Man the other day. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in that movie, when Iron Man comes back from the cave after mm-hmm. the Mark One, all that kind of stuff, he gets on the plane. He goes, "I want a cheeseburger. I want a real American cheeseburger." And of course, the eye rolling moment is the cheeseburger he chooses Freaking is Burger King. Burger which King, is the worst, right? But Robert Downey Jr. insisted that that was put in the movie, and I'll tell you why. Because it was at a Burger King, he was eating this burger, this big nasty burger, mm-hmm. and a soda and fries, and he had this off. He just felt awful, and he had this moment of clarity. He said, "I'm killing myself right now." So he took went. And drove to the ocean, took all of the drugs. His car was loaded up with drugs, mm-hmm. dumped them all in the ocean. He said that Burger King burger saved his life, changed his life. So when they put that in the movie... Well, now I feel kind of bad. Yeah, yeah right? <laughs> when they put that in the movie, it was really him kind of giving a nod to that pivotal that's transformation really cool, moment though. in his life. Yeah, that is kind of cool, right? Sorry, Burger Which was King. happening in the movie, so it was really fantastic. Yeah, yeah. exactly. It was like a perfect... I love yeah, that. I mean, it makes sense. I always feel awful when I eat Burger King. So. I know. And then you feel better even, when you're like, I'm not going to do that again. I've never like, even <laughs> tried drugs before, but I feel like Burger King has kept me clean. I need to years. make a change in my life. I'm eating Burger King right now. <laughs> yeah, so who, who else then? I, and, and I do think it was great to have him kind of as Robert Downey Jr. as, as Tony Stark because of that whole like demon in the bottle storyline of yeah. Tony Stark is sort of the substance addicted superhero. Mm-hmm. And so that, that yeah, there was kind of dove into that in Iron Man 2. Yeah, that yeah, was interesting. So uh, anybody else that you can think of like sort of the, the on the comeback trend? I mean, it's not like a super duper comeback trend, but it's cool for me personally. When I was in middle school, I was super into Avril Lavigne and then she kind of fell off the face of the earth and she came back and released a single and she's a Christian now. Yeah, so I heard she's a Christian artist. Oh, and the song that she released, like, I just started crying. It was amazing. It was so cool for me to see that someone who I listened to a lot before I was a Christian and, like, I just loved her music. I still will sometimes listen to it when I'm feeling nostalgic. But um, it was really cool to see What's your go-to? Skater boy? No. (laughs) Complicated? No. 
literally the only two Avril Lavigne songs I know. <laughs> yeah, wow. no, there's th- she has some good music, but it was really cool to see like someone who was so important to me as a teenager to come back and find yeah. out that she found Christ. That's cool. Like, really, really awesome. Yeah, no, I agree. That's really awesome. Mm-hmm. I heard that the other day, and I did. You never know mm-hmm. if that's like true, real deal kind of stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, from what I understand, that is that is it. It's awesome. That is cool. Um, now it's, you'll have to help me, pop culture people, because I'm. This is one that I don't know about, but I've seen memes about it. Tell okay. Us. So it's still pretty pretty new. Um, Billy Ray Cyrus. Yes. I've seen memes yes. about what it, too. What do you too. mean? Yes. Is he a rapper now? A thousand now? percent. What? Yes. So ex- yes. Explain this to me. No, there is us. a song <laughs> called Old Town Road, which is my favorite song at the very moment in time okay. that we record this show. Okay, now I know that song. I know yes. that song. I listened to it because I saw the, the the news report that basically the country charts said, yeah, this doesn't qualify as country, so they kicked this guy. Because it was number one in the country charts. It's definitely a country song. Yeah, and then, but so it was taken off. It was a song by Lil Nas X. And so Whoever What? Which sounds Did like toilet bowl say, cleaner it, No it sounds like a medication For like allergies <laughs> Little Nas X Ask your doctor If Little Nas X is right for you <laughs> A decongestant <laughs> I'm gonna need to decongest After this Oh my goodness Anyway uh, So They got taken off The country charts And so Billy Ray Cyrus Is like Alright Let me go on this track Cause Billy Ray Cyrus Is like a country legend Okay So he's like You know what Maybe I'll put myself On this song so he got in touch Gosh. with Lil Nas X. They re-recorded the song with him uh, on it, Billy and with him in doing a verse, like a whole new verse for the song. And then, like the last three days, um, it's been like trending on YouTube, like number one. It's got like twenty-two something million views what? on YouTube. It is a bop, and I don't even say bop. Billy, Billy Ray, Ray good at it? Like, Billy Ray's like, I can't fix my daughter, but so I'll so I'll help you out instead. Dude, Billy Ray just got Does invited he, like, to all do the well cookouts. On the He's so good. All right, he's, he's looking it it's up such right a good now. time. It's, not, so it's a clean song, right? Like it's got it's it says uh, the, the chest uh, area one time. Okay, so so don't listen to this song. Ignore no. that it exists, Old but just Town know Road? that Billy Ray yeah. Cyrus. Stop telling people the name of the song. It's naughty. We don't. We're nerdy, not naughty. Okay. Sorry. We're gonna make that a T-shirt, guaranteed. That. Yeah. Um, so yeah, comebacks are a big thing. You know, when when you look and you see people, and I, th- I guess it's easy to kind of identify celebrities. I didn't watch this, but from what I understand, uh, and I, I promised, I'm so, so I just want to say I'm so sorry to everyone who got upset that we started talking about wrestling last week. And I said we're not going to talk about wrestling this week, but for a minute we're going to talk about wrestling. Mm-hmm. I understand that at WrestleMania, Hulk Hogan came out. And I guess. Hulk, yeah. And I guess Hulk Hogan's been like not on wrestling for a long time, so he kind of had this comeback. But I guess his comeback just kind of amounted to him making fun of himself or something. I don't know. I guess that's... Self-deprecation yeah, is He kind of did that for a little... Like, he did the whole... It's funny, because... Okay, so back in WrestleMania 30, he uh, mispronounced the Silverdome as the Superdome. Superdome, yeah. And so this time he or went... Reverse. They called the Superdome Silverdome. So this time he went there at MetLife Stadium, a football stadium, and he goes, here at the Silverdome, and it's like, oh, I got it wrong. And then he goes, no, I'm just kidding. I know we're at the MetLife Center. <laughs> So he still got it wrong anyway. Uh-huh. <laughs> Unless like, he meant to do that doubly yeah, twice to like, be well, funny, quote unquote. He's old. He oh, might just be senile. oh, Hulkster. You you joker, you. Um, <laughs> anybody else you guys can think of? I remember. Oh, was, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say Winona Ryder. Yeah. With Stranger Things. Yeah, because she was basically yeah. reduced to that girl that used to be in Beetlejuice who shoplifted. Mm-hmm. And then she came back. And I don't know. That, she's still maybe a little crazy. Yeah, probably. But, you know. Strange- You've all seen the pizza gift. Or gif. Yeah. Or like moving around <laughs> with that flying pizza. But uh, yeah, I mean, like, the whole thing that with her coming back for Stranger Things, and she, like, like all of a sudden, is like, oh, that's Winona Ryder. Yeah. 
Is there anybody you can think of that um, that, that has maybe gone away or, or fallen out of our view that needs a comeback that you're like, come on, let's get this person famous again? I mean, I don't know necessarily about making them famous again, but someone who needs to come back is Miley Cyrus. But like, not like to be famous, but just like, girl, please get fixed. Come back to Jesus. Come she back needs to, to Jesus. Hannah Montana needs to come back. No, she yes, is. she, she married. Does. She married Thor's brother. So. Oh yeah, that's right. That that happened. Uh, really, Maybe. he needs to come back more than anyone. Because what the heck is he even doing? I don't know. So who else? Somebody that you you think of? Oh man, remember whatever happened to that person? They need to have a comeback. Rick Moranis. Right. Who? I want him to come back. Who? Well, Rick Moranis. Honey, I shrunk the kids. He was the dad. Honey, Wayne Zielinski and Honey, oh. I shrunk the kids. Yeah, he was uh, Seymour from uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horrors. He was uh, Louis Tully. Louis Tully in Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters. Yeah, he, he may or may not come back from for the third one. I don't know yet. Yeah, yeah. Uh, somebody else that you think, man, they used to be great. What? Whatever is Tom Selleck still working? Oh, I love Tom Selleck. Tom Selleck's oh, yeah. a man. that mustache. Uh, last I heard, he was doing blue bloods. Oh, that's right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Nathan Fillion's on the rookie. I was gonna say Nathan Fillion because I love Nathan Fillion. I do love Nathan Fillion. Is Castle canceled? I don't know. I probably. Uh, I think man. Castle's been canceled for a while. I don't <laughs> know what's going on. Never watched one episode of Castle, but I do like Nathan Fillion. Still, my choice to play Nathan Drake. I still have my Green Lantern. There you go. Let 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 Nathan Fillion work, people. <laughs> Don't leave him alone. Ask him to do things. What's Tobey Maguire been up to? Oh, <laughs> he did the great. He's Gatsby. going through his emo phase right now. Oh yeah. <laughs> you all saw what happened last time that yeah, happened. We don't talk about that anymore. <laughs> I'm so mad at this. Like, I'm, need I'm a, just playing. We needed a live Spider Verse, a live movie, yeah. so we can get Andrew with, with Andrew Garfield and Tobey Tobey Maguire. Maguire. Oh my god. Yeah, we need them all in there. And Chris Pine. Who else? Jeff Goldblum's never left us. Thank goodness for that. <laughs> yeah, thank goodness for that. We're going to go back in time a little bit ourselves right now. Now, the, the, the time was the early 1990s, and the place was the Disney Channel. Yeah. Mm. I'm, I'm really, place. really excited tonight. Um, uh, somebody who who is making a tremendous comeback and really one of impact, uh, and we're really excited to, to have her here on the show. Um, so uh, if you guys will allow me to, um, I'd like to turn this thing over and bring a special guest in tonight. Is that cool? That's fine. Yes. Okay, so let's do this. Hello? Hello. Joining us live on the phone right now is the incomparable Jennifer McGill. Jen, welcome to the Nerdy Godcast. Why, thank you so much. It's awesome to be here. It's great. I, you know, Jennifer, we, we this is something I didn't tell everybody, but we we knew each other in, in high school many years ago. We don't want to date ourselves. What? No, <laughs> um, but we went to we went to the Dr. Phillips High School in Orlando, Florida. So uh, we do go way back, and this is probably the first time I've talked to you since since graduation back then. So absolutely true. Yes. How and in the heck you are you? I I in the heck am great. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm doing great. Actually, what's awesome about Dr. Phillips High School is uh, I met my husband there as well. Aww. You may know him. You are recently yeah. married, like like oh. this year, right? Well, it's actually less than three years ago, oh, okay, so we're okay. still Ooh. kind of newlyweds. Well, still congratulations. congratulations. Thank you. Also, oh, hi. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Dr. Phillips is the place to meet him. Yeah. We- <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we're we're here. We're, we're talking uh, tonight. We just wanted to bring you in on our conversation, and, and you, most people that would be listening to this show would probably remember you from uh, a little show that you were on on the Disney Channel, The Mickey Mouse Club. Absolutely. I was there the whole time since the pilot. There were only three of us who were uh, acting Mouseketeers the whole time. And and yes, Dr. Phillips was my high school. My family moved us to Orlando so we could do this show and I could have a more well-rounded life. Now, where, where are you from originally? 
originally Texas, a little town called Denison. It's okay. the birthplace of President Eisenhower. Oh, <laughs> oh, nice. And Jennifer McGill. And Jennifer McGill. Who many of our and... audience probably know you more than President Eisenhower. True. <laughs> and then, but then Sully came along and knocked me out of my, my number spot. Remember oh, Sully, the pilot? Yeah. Who the plane in the Hudson? Flipping yeah, planes and getting Denison played too. by Tom Hanks and whatnot. That's Come on. Right. That's Come right. On. So I'll give it to him. Well, you're still dead. <laughs> You're still Denison to us. Why? Thank you. So, so you, you, if you were on the entire the entire run, how old were you when you started on, on Mickey Mouse Club? I was hired when I was ten, wow. and I think wow. we were. That's yeah, cool. yeah. I got a job. You know, I was a kid, <laughs> so I went and got a job. Bringing home the bacon. And <laughs> and uh, I think we started uh, taping the pilot uh, when I was eleven, and yeah. so wow. we're talking like nineteen. Well, I'm going to date myself. Nineteen eighty eight to nineteen eighty nine wow. was the forming of the show. I know, mm-hmm. and uh, and I won't I won't tell you what what grade Tony was in, so it'll work <laughs> out. Um, and so yeah, then we I stayed until I was a senior in high school. Yeah. So yeah, yeah it was great. seven That's years. So cool. How mm-hmm. cool! Now, now that was filmed at the what, what is now the Disney Hollywood <laughs> Studios when it was MGM, right? Hey. Yes, we opened the park uh, on May first, my mother's birthday. Disney MGM Studios opened, and we had already been in pre-production. Where um, see, back then you could take a tour of all of the sound stages. Yeah. Now that area is Toy Story, yeah. but <laughs> inside there, where you're shooting all of the cartoons and stuff in Toy Story, that's where we would run around and do our shows and you could walk above it in this glass hallway and look down on us doing our shows. You could look at us uh, recording in the recording studio. Uh, There used to be trams where we would be like eating our lunch in a conference room and we would wave at you when you drove by. (laughs) We were on display at least half of our time. Yeah. Like a little zoo almost. (laughs) We were. And we we acted like uh, animals in a zoo. (laughs) Worked out. Yeah. That must have been a great experience. I know that there so many big names came out of that time when you guys were on the show and uh, a lot of great talent and starting so young. Uh, I mean, that process probably was was pretty daunting. What was your work schedule like? I mean, did they keep you out there all hours of the day? Yes. I mean, it was an adult work schedule. Wow. We did kind of a nine to five ish. I mean, sometimes we might come in at nine thirty, leave at six thirty or maybe nine to five. Um, what was the weirdest about it? was that legally any minor working that show had to go to school for at least three hours every day. That was the minimum that we had to log in, that we had to bank. So some days we would actually go to school for, let's say, six hours, and we would bank three of those hours for a time when we would be out on location shooting a video all day, and we would use (laughs) those extra school hours, right? (laughs) (laughs) So it was kind of a game of tallying up how many hours can we bank so that we don't have to go to school for a week or whatever but like and you would go to like a like to a school or was this like on set you guys had like a teacher or how did that work we did we had teachers we had a principal and a few teachers um that would cover many different grade levels Hmm. of curriculum so yeah we had a few little little rooms and it would evolve over time now in the very very beginning again if you're kind of looking at where toy story is across the way i think there's a souvenir shop and like little plastic soldiers kind of march down this hallway now that used to be backstage at disney Hmm. and so our first school trailer was right there and i i remember i was walking with um 
my brother and I said, do you remember that we used to dissect frogs like right here at the picnic table, <laughs> like right where there's like a water fountain now? That's oh my so goodness. Funny. And so, yeah. And then over the years, you know, it evolved into one of the uh, bungalows that are still now backstage. Um, we were all over the place back there as far as our schools. And so our, our desks would look different each, each and every year. But the last years when we had, I would say like the, the newest batch of a, a lot of our celebrities came from the newest batch. Um, we had these open cubicles with a uh, bulletin board like uh, backing. And so we could like tack anything we wanted to in our cubicle. And I, we would throw papers at each other like over the walls. <laughs> so we were having paper fights with like Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and stuff. It was, oh and goodness. all the grades were hanging out together. So you had kids who were in middle school all the way up through a senior in high school. And then of course the ones who had graduated, they would come in and visit us like they were free. Right? <laughs> like, ah. <laughs> so yeah, we were all smushed together there in that school. That is so cool. And you were all, all the way through high school. So you, you graduated from, from Dr. Phillips. When did it shift over to where, because I remember you from school, uh, when did it shift over to where you were going to an actual school pretty regularly? I would say in eight, in my eighth grade year was when the second half of that semester, I had the scheduled time off from work uh, to try to go back into real school. Um, and up until that year, I was about 13, I guess, we had been really moving all year round through the tapings. And then they relaxed a little bit on the scheduling. And so um, I kind of tallied up the years and I think I was in school year round for most of my grade school career, gotcha. I think. Mm -hmm. Because when we were off school was usually when we would come in to tape. Okay. But then when we were done taping, of course, then it was school season. So mm -hmm. I would go back to school. So I was always learning legally <laughs> <I had to laughs> all the time. And so, I mean, Tony, when we met up, I had only been, I guess, back in grade school um, and, and developing a social life and friends and stuff that carried over into Dr. Phillips a very short time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, but but I would like, see, this was back before. I think I, I suppose some people had beepers, but not I. <laughs> And there were no cell phones. And so yeah. when my friends like waved me goodbye and I was gone for, you know, nine months or so to film, my new friends would come up to the old friends and say, where did Jennifer go? And they would explain, <laughs> oh, she'll be back in like nine months. She's doing this show, blah, blah, blah. Because they couldn't text me and ask me where the heck I went. Yeah. Like, you couldn't check in. Mm -hmm. So it was an odd kind of game of telephone to explain yeah. where the heck I, you know, evaporated to. Why didn't you just post it to your Facebook? <laughs> right? Or your yeah. MySpace. That would have been, that would have been convenient. <laughs> yep. Yes. I'm glad we didn't have social media back then. I think like we were animals in a zoo and that would have just been way too much to yeah. try to figure out. <laughs> well, this, this was, didn't start out being a very homeschool episode of the Nerd of God cast, but here we are. <laughs> so, so you, you come to your, your senior year in high school and, and how did, how did the, the, did the show just kind of wrap up or what was the, the end? of that there you know it, it really did kind of fizzle out there's this um i guess very popular picture of me in between a very young justin timberlake and ryan gosling i have seen this and picture. <laughs> yes and this was at the end of season six now we didn't know at the time that we would have one more season and i was actually consoling them in that picture they were both crying Aww. because they were worried that this was the only season they would get to be a part of i, I believe all of the new ones had come in as fans of the show and then they the would fade part. into obscurity and no one would know who <laughs> yeah. they are yeah, they'd never be heard from again <laughs> like will i ever get another job and so 
I was consoling them and I'm like, no, you won't. You'll never, you'll never work again. <laughs> but, um, but so basically in that moment, you know, that, that was, we, we were always preparing for the end. And, um, I had been bracing for this for, you know, a good five years before. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was always hard on me when we left that, that environment because that was part of my family. Yeah. Um, so the last season was different for me when we found out it was season seven, I was, uh, somewhere in the midst of junior year and I had applied early decisions to New York University and I had gotten in. Nice. Oh, wow. So I knew, like I knew that my contract would be done and that I was going to go to college. And so I had my next step in place. Right. Mm-hmm. So I kind of walked into season seven like, it's all good. I don't know what this is going to be. They got all these young ones that are going to take over. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I can. I kind of know what's going on with me. And so... I didn't have the same kind of worry. And I believe that a lot of, I mean, the, the technical stuff I think that was going on was that there was a lot of regime change above mm. our heads, like just, you know, in the clouds of Disney. Right. And I think that the new people coming in wanted something that was theirs. And so the show did go through a lot of changes that year. We had only a few episodes that we shot. It wasn't as full-bodied as previous seasons had been. So we kind of thought maybe this would be the end, Mm -hmm. you know, because there were just so many changes, so many new faces. And that's what happened. They just decided to just go a different direction and you know, let it go. And and really, I would have felt bad for all of those youngins, except they <laughs> mostly went on to be celebrities. So, <laughs> so you know, it worked out. <laughs> and you went off to New York and went to school. I did. I did. I, I had been sort of faking it till I was making it um, <laughs> all through that time. Life. You know, I... I didn't, I had a big voice, but I didn't necessarily know how to sing correctly. Um, I loved acting, but all I had experienced was really that comedic skit acting. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I had danced, but I was really just trying to imitate how it was supposed to be. I had no technical training mm-hmm. um, that I could rely on. So I went to New York University to explore if I wanted to be a Broadway performer. I wanted to be immersed in the culture. I wanted to really learn my craft uh, the best way I could yeah. by the best professors, you know, and I really came out of that program super solid. I mean, that that was like the next big step. I mean, Mickey Mouse Club was a huge boot camp for me. Uh, was really the best. And mm-hmm. then I really kind of polished all the technique right after that. Wow. That's really cool. Did you find that that was a, an adjustment kind of going in, from being in the public eye to maybe a little more real life, uh, less uh, shine and polish? Did, did, was there any kind of an emotional transition for you there? In a way, I was relieved because this was the first time in seven years that I was just getting to go to school and just focus on that. Mm -hmm. So, um, but then, you know, throughout the hallways and all through like pockets of New York, I would get recognized. So um, that was kind of the same that I still felt like I was in a way under a magnifying glass because when someone like me walks through the hallways, you know, I'm just trying to be a normal kid, but mm-hmm. you know, the reputation precedes me. And so I think my professors, as well as a lot of the students might've expected a different level from me. And a lot of the times I, you know, I brought it, but there were times where I was just a complete idiot and I didn't know what I was doing. And I'm sure I really just, I really probably flabbergasted some people like, wow, she doesn't know what she's doing. She's, you know, she's this child star, but that's why I went there. So I could learn mm-hmm. <laughs> to get better. Yeah. That seems um, like unfair. My- expectations it, it was but I mean that's very natural yeah. you know yeah. and and that's the thing like I was faking it I really was faking it until I made it and 
Um, I, I felt like after I came out of NYU, any of the big notes that I had growing up, they were actually gonna last. Like I knew how to even better use that instrument, which I felt was my strong point. And then there were so many other things that I could bring out of that time mm-hmm. uh, that really been, still benefit me today. So, it, I mean, for me, it was a good move. I needed to learn who I was as a person. Yeah. Because uh, I had known who I was as a professional since I was a tween. Right. So I had to catch up with just myself. Yeah. So how was, how did people re- respond to you? How did people receive kind of post MMC Jen McGill? Was was the road kind of open and filled with opportunities there, or did you find it to be a little hard to find your place? You know, I, I actually did learn through those first years out of college that I am a, a hybrid, and it is difficult to place me. Uh, in the Broadway world, I had an older voice and a strong mezzo-soprano voice, to get mm-hmm. technical, but my, <laughs> my face... Is a baby face. Yeah. And then I'm tall. And so, in a way, I could probably go back to New York in 10 years and play a mom, even though I would be in my 50s. Right. You know, and like a young mom. And, and because on, on stage, you know, you read a certain way. I never played ingenues because I, I wasn't a big fan of, of that kind of uh, lighter singing, but I also was so tall. Right. <laughs> so, you know, and I, so I could play a character. You know, I could have done like a whole bunch of character acting. And, um, but what happened to me was right after uh, college, I decided to turn into the opposite direction. And I, I worked with Capitol Records on a record deal. And the problem with that decision was that a lot of my um, old friends from the new Mickey Mouse Club had walked into the bubblegum pop movement of the recording industry. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And I was an older soul. I was, an, I was a taller woman. I was a darker sound. I was more like like a Whitney Houston, Tony Braxton. You were an early Adele. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Or Alanis, Mor- a late Alanis Morissette. <laughs> and so, you know, there were all of these darker sounds that I was was all about. And the way that I articulated myself, the way I spoke, my education, just all everything about me, but also the way I looked, it was just all so different than what was happening in that moment in the trends. Wow. And so they decided not to give me a full record deal after all this development. Mm. And it was a big letdown, you know, and, and nowadays like Wonder Woman's in style. And of course, you know, Adele and darker, cool sounds. And there's so many artists who I feel like I'm right in that kind of lane. And I'm so glad that that that's a thing. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't my time. Right. right. So a lot of what I do now is speak on identity crisis and pulling from my particular subject matter of um, child star into, okay, what am I going to be when I grow up? Mm-hmm. Um, um, but how that relates to anybody's version of identity crisis and the spirituality behind that. Right. But I also coach um, um, up and coming independent recording artists who are starting in the age range that I started with wow. the new Mickey Mouse Club. Oh, and I'm okay. helping them bridge some of those gaps of identity and really working from the inside out so that they're a whole person and a whole artist long before a record company gets a hold of them. Yeah, and, you know, not to, not to besmirch um, any corporations. We we love and consume Disney recklessly uh, here in Orlando. <laughs> but, but we have seen time and time again, you know, a lot of these, these children become, you know, 
know, really big overnight, and then they get cranked out, chewed up, and spit out, and uh, mm-hmm. and they're left worse than they're found. And it, it it's refreshing to think that you're putting yourself in a position where you can be an advocate for them, where you can bring some wisdom and experience to them, and and really mentorship. That's that's amazing. Yeah, I'm super passionate about doing what I can to to have less gaps to fall into, yeah. right? To have less identity crisis. Um, you know, I went through it, but yeah, like you said, I mean, I've, I've seen a lot of of people that I know or friends of friends who have gone through a lot of hard times. And really what it boils down to is your team. I've always, like Mickey Mouse Club trained me to be a collaborator and a team player. I've always enjoyed performing in groups more. Mm-hmm. I love being a soloist, but kind of like, okay, and, and now I'm going to go play with the others. You know, yeah. like right. I enjoy that team and there's so much more than just like the the celebrity team or like the the, the front men there's right. so many mm-hmm. uh stage managers and developers and managers and agents and booking and your family you know your your aesthetic team and and all of that really is what makes or breaks an artist when they're that young and they don't know who they are yet sure. mm-hmm. so a lot of the times the blame falls on the on the artist but mostly it's not them mm-hmm. <laughs> they and, get and that you, ball rolling and you see yeah. that all the time i mean people want to and it just seems like people more than anything the crowd wants to see someone fall they want to see someone take yeah. that hit because it's entertaining it's amusing it is uh, and that's a that's heartbreaking especially when they're kids yeah, and that's why I'm I'm really glad that I did not grow up in social media and yeah. that I'm not as entertaining. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I'm somewhere okay with that. somewhere along your journey, you know, as I've, I've been, you know, I've been following you. I mean, we've been friends for twenty something years now, but we uh-huh. I, I've seen that your faith in, in Christ has become a big part of who you are now. Like, what, when did that happen? My 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 faith in crisis. Wait, you have to your, elaborate. Your, I'm sorry. Your faith. Your faith in <laughs> oh, in Jesus. Faith. Your faith in Christ. <laughs> I thought you had a lisp there for a minute. I do. I do. I do. I'm working through I'm a lot like, of therapy what's wrong right with now. My faith. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's your face. It's your face, darling. Something's wrong with your face. I did. No. I did. I, yes. And and I was a church girl. You know, I was always in church, and you know, I grew up with all the Bible audio books and knew all the little songs and was in all the different grades of choir and you know all of that and for me even like it it, i was presented with all the information like i was highly educated in the ways of christianity but there was something guttural and emotional and messy that and i guess parenty that i didn't connect to when it came to god and what that word meant on that that visceral level i guess you know i i held god and jesus you know all those words at arm's length and i really felt like if i didn't do the right rituals and if i if i did anything wrong there's this waiting period kind of like let's say an earthly parent or just a human before I can sort of approach and get forgiven and kind of start that relationship over. Mm-hmm. I, I, I felt like God was too human because I was a people pleaser and I let guilt really ride me for a long time into getting distracted from what really mattered, which is relationship with Christ and relationship with all of that. I mean, like I'm a Holy Spirit fan. I'm a God (laughs) fan. I'm a Christ fan, you know, all all the three. And what was the turning point for you there? Well, the turning point was that I kept avoiding um, God for such a long time out of the guilt and out of the shame of 
the short, short story of it is I tried to live a rock star life without being a rock star. Wow. You know, I tried to live wild and be sexy and all of these things that naturally I wasn't designed to like exude hmm. and because I was seeing what was making it through the gateways of the recording industry. And so I was trying to shape my exterior like that. And it, it wasn't, it wasn't a great fit. And wow. so I really felt, I would say the, the fallout of that and the, the shame of those mistakes and those behaviors and, you know, really letting relationships and male attention become my addictions and always wanting what I wasn't or who I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so with all of that, you know, I found myself at 30. I was married to a man who ended up still being married to another woman. Oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Surprise. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it was all because, you know, this was a time when I remember someone wanted to borrow my laptop for a second and they needed the password. And I said, the password is Jesus. And they looked at me. And this was a good friend on, on a cruise ship, but we were good performance friends. And he looked at me and he goes, really? He was surprised that that would be my password. So there was this internal loyalty that I just could not get my outside to match. Wow. What I really, like wow. from childhood, wanted to, knew I was or knew who, knew who my Lord was, but I could not match out my behavior because my priorities were all askew. And so I was dating this guy and he was just all about it. He put me on a pedestal. And I had given up. I had let my heart get smashed enough times that I believed, I truly believed this truth about myself, that my heart was dead, that I was dead inside. Oh, there was wow. never going to be love. And so it didn't matter. It, as long as someone wanted to take care of me, I guess that's who you end up with. I'm 30. I guess that's what you do, right? You get married. And I completely checked out of my life. And I wake up one day. And I find out he's still married and I'm completely not in love. I'm compl like, I'm sleeping 12 hours a day. I'm in a really oppressive form of Christianity. I won't go into the specifics, but I'm just completely in a, in a spiritual cage. Wow. And in that moment, I had a small conversation with God and I said, Lord, you take him or you take me. I'm not killing anyone, but I'm done here. There's nothing else that I can do. Oh, Everything has been taken away from me and it's my fault. Like it's me that, that let all of this happen. Mm. And so I just, you know, prayed and, and I said, God, I need you to save me. I need you to get me out of this. And so long story short, you know, I did leave that situation. I was able to get an annulment and I started over like with boxes in my friend's house in Orlando mm -hmm. and God connected me with, with the Holy land experience. Oh yeah. Mm. Yeah. And so really in that safe community, I learned what it meant to have girlfriends. I learned what it meant to have spiritual warfare and how to successfully like be unified with a group, how to battle that through prayer. I learned how to listen to the Holy Spirit. I understood more than ever what God the Father means and mm -hmm. how different that can be from, you know, the, the human idea of a father or any kind of authority. You so know? it's like and, Jesus was the leader of the club that's made for you and me. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I just, I completely, it was like I was a baby Christian all over again, but th that was the first time I got to adult with God. I was mm -hmm. adulting with God <laughs> and I just, I, I grew exponentially. Yeah. And I feel like so, that's the title of your book. All right. Just adulting, adulting with God. God. It just happened I, right I'm here. Down. I'm down. Adulting with God. You heard it here first. Yep. Yeah. 
so that, yeah, that was just the big, the big hole that I had to crawl out of, like in the name of Jesus, but, I, but I, I, I had to do it or I was going to give up. That's amazing. Know, for real. And yeah. now you're in a new, you're in a new place. This is, this is a, a new Jennifer McGill. The world has never seen before. Uh, it's you, true. You're putting out, you know, new music. I mean, it's such yes. encouraging music. I sat down and I, I was listening uh, online today to um, to your album Unbreakable, yes, which everybody needs to go and and just buy. So good. It's so good. Hey. Listen and and get and, and spring for the deluxe version because there is some amazing extra songs <laughs> on the deluxe version. Like yes, for real. Like I'm sitting here listening in my office today. I got tears in my eyes to uh, break every chain. You're just killing Thank that you. song, girl. Oh my god. Oh, I love to kill songs. I <laughs> It was it was awesome. So <laughs> I, and I I brought our, our worship pastor in there, Leah Simmons, and she's just she's got an amazing voice. She knows her chops. She she knows her deal. And she's like, this girl can sing. This girl. Somebody <laughs> trained this girl to sing because yeah. she has it. She has it. And she we were listening to it, and she's just like the 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 technicality of your voice, the tenacity and the urgency as you sing these songs is so real. It's so you know powerful. Powerful and palpable. Um, Thank you. So we, yeah, we were geeking out, and then she pointed something out that I didn't even realize, and I thought this was really cool. She said, "Hanging on for dear life." That's a song she did on the Mickey Mouse Club. That's right. Holy this cow! The, yeah, that was on purpose. Like that was a tribute, and and this is great because that song was produced by my husband, my Aww. real husband, yeah. Jeff Bohannon. <laughs> Um, he produced half that album, but that was his audition song. And, you know, we didn't know what to do with with the arrangement because we were trying. We were trying to make it different. We were trying to make it different. And so, because, you know, the 90s is one thing. Yeah, and we were like, how do we reimagine this song? And together, especially with all those background vocals, you know, I, I like on a Saturday, I just sat down and layered all those background vocals. Wow. And it really opened up because I knew what I wanted to do with the bridge. For those of you who know the song, um, you know, I really had a certain arrangement in mind. And when I laid down that skeleton for Jeff, he just took it over. And like, that was... A, an incredible date night to like make this song happen, you know? And I'm yes. like, I'm going to kill all the notes and I'm going to do all the things. And I'm make it, like dark, like the lyrics say, you know, and I really felt like that's the adulting with God version mm -hmm. of that song as it's well. So and good. one of my, one of my favorite feedback that I've heard from that is that like moms who are our age, they share that with their kids. Oh, how cool. Aww. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like that was my signature song from the time. So yeah, we wanted to pay homage. Very nice. It was. I I, I completely missed it, and she pointed it out. She's like, did you know that that was? I'm like, oh my gosh. I felt like that's she discovered so cool. a treasure. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's right. Gold star it, it for so cool. the treasure. So cool. So you 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 know you you've kind of come from where you had this amazing you know big time you know deal of a lifetime start and then you kind of went through your trenches you paid your dues you you took your hits and now you're you're on your way you know back to the top i mean you're making impacting in people's lives you're you're doing um tell me about living your unbreakable life yes so i have a I, I would say it's it's like a seed project right now. I'm going to teach a course. It's going to be an online course about living your unbreakable life. And I do speeches about living your unbreakable life. But I really wanted to do something special that I can reach more people at one time. And then, you know, over the years as well, um, when people are ready, they can take the course. And the goal is, you know, everyone is going to get this really cool booklet of all the lyrics 
uh, from the album, all of the original songs, um, and possibly some of the other covers, just depending on how I organize it. Um, there's going to be room to write down thoughts and notes. And the first group, the first group only who join the course, it will be live. Oh, so wow. we will meet over a, a six course period, right? Like probably a little more than a month. Um, and everyone will get their books in advance and we will meet online and we're going to discuss like two pieces of lyrics at, 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 in a course, you know, I'll put two pieces together. Like for instance, I know that I've got two songs, uh, what I know now. Mm -hmm. And of course, I'm not going to be able to remember what it's called. Look in the mirror. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so those two songs were written about the same subject matter. They were about my very young self being bullied or what I see in the mirror because of my environment at that really critical age of 11, 12. Wow. And so we would take those lyrics. We would break down what I meant when I wrote them. We would write notes about what other people feel, you know, and then we would go over what God has made available to us to battle when those lies come into our life, how right? Cool. Like, yeah, and how to nip it in the bud and also maybe for your children, how to do that, you know, when that comes up. So that that would be, you know, one of our courses, one of our, one of our pieces, and then we would meet up again and again. So basically I'm gonna record that and it's gonna become a product that whenever anyone's ready to start taking the course for living your unbreakable life, you know, you, 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 you'd buy your course, you'd get your booklets, right? And you'd, you'd get access to the songs if you don't have them already, and you would be able to take that course in the future. But I'm excited because the first group, whenever I, you know, get it together, it will be live. That's so cool. everyone needs to go to my website mm, wow. and subscribe. That's Jennifer, JenniferMcGill.com, right? JenniferMcGill.com. You can leave me a note and say, I'm specifically interested in that course. Let me know when that's happening. How cool. Because that's going to happen this year. That's my wow. goal. That is really, awesome. really awesome. And, you know, you're you're such a strong and, and smart and capable person. Um, just the idea of, of God putting you through this, uh, you know, this journey to put you in the position where you can impact other people is, I mean, it's just such a trademark God move. You know, it's just yeah. he uses hey. you to bring mm -hmm. glory to him and, and to bring, you know, impact and, and blessing to the lives of others. And using your skill, like using your craft and using the talent that you've built too, like that's pretty awesome that you're finding this other avenue to do this, not just I'm going to go out there and, and find like a gig and do this thing, but let me look at all of these ways I could impact using the thing that I'm good at and that I know. That's really awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember when I gave up in a good way on this curse of fame, hmm. which I sometimes refer to. And I really, I, I really think that whatever side of fame you're on, I think there's a lot of hardship that comes with that. And, you know, I was really close to it in certain ways in certain parts of my life. And I thought that that was part of my destiny because of the talent that I had, you know, mm -hmm. I thought they had to go hand in hand. And when I let go of ever having to hold on to something like that, and I said, Lord, it's okay if 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 you don't want me to sing anymore. It's okay if you want me to go mm -hmm. do do food service or you know any other something. I said as long that was you know my ground zero. It was wow. as long as you're in the center of my life, wow. I'm That's I'm incredible. good with anything. And so that allowed him to run around inside my life and really build up wow. what I've learned and the talent that I've crafted all, all through these years, even that, you know, you know, geeking out over the technique that did really start, like the style started before that, but the technique started with NYU, you know, yeah. that's why I still have those notes. 
you know, is because I, all these things that I learned for the secular world, God showed me an avenue to, to, to really work all of that stuff, but for his glory. And that actually makes me so satisfied. And that's the miracle. Like, and that's hard. It's a big leap of faith to be like, nope, whatever you want. (laughs) And (laughs) so I'm, I'm, I feel really, really you know, it's a cliche, but I do feel really blessed that he gave it all back to me mm-hmm. in, in the best way possible. Well, we're uh, we're appreciative uh, that that you're doing it, and we're mm-hmm. we're uh, you know, for what it's worth, I, I'm proud of you. I mean, it's really cool to see <laughs> Tony. all this cool stuff that you're doing. You know, um, and now Thank you. you're gonna be you're gonna be back in Orlando uh, next month for the the uh, Mickey Mouse Club reunion. Is this Aww. this coming up? Yes, yes. Um, oh it's gonna be May 18th and 19th. You're you're gonna be at MegaCon. Oh yeah, I know. And oh, it nice. was kind of a surprise. That's a new development. I mean, they told they told some of us ahead of time so we could kind of like be ready. But <laughs> all of a sudden, like at first prepared. it was like, "Hey, we're going to try to get together and, you know, hey, we're going to we're going to make this open, you know, for the public and and we would love for Lindsay to do her show and, you know, whoever can get together and we'll have a little, you know, lunch for the parents and everything." It, it was a, a really more intimate kind of situation. And then our organizers, you know, really the guys who are super duper behind all of the moves and all the shakes here. It's Chase and Hampton and Dale Godboldo and their partner, Lisa Kanata, uh, for Always in the Club. They had some meetings and they just brought it. And now like Megacon is happening. We're we're doing stuff in Epcot. Epcot yeah. Um, it's become this and like lots of us are gonna be there. You know, and it's, it's it's really a bigger event than I think I expected in the beginning, not ever having had one before. So I'm really excited that we have this much exposure that we're helping these charities and that we can all really come together kind of for the first time in this magnitude That's since awesome. the show ended and, and some of us will be meeting for the first time wow oh, oh nice. yeah because i guess it's a yeah. cross cast now we're gonna we're gonna be at megacon too so we're gonna make our way so anybody that's listening that's, that's gonna come to be at megacon with us uh come on out we want to say you know holler at jennifer mcgill and all the yes. crew and you know we're gonna be your cheering section so <laughs> thank you and, uh, that's i'm excited be really to exciting. be there and it's gonna be uh, hosted by uh by another one of our dr phillips friends joey fatone is that correct? so funny Yes, I went to prom with him twice. Uh-huh. Okay. What? How silly. What? Yeah, like he was a friend. He was a big fan of the Mickey Mouse Club, which is why it's very appropriate that he's going to be our panel host for yeah. MegaCon. <laughs> That's and, so you know, then he just kind of like, of course, shot up into celebrity himself with some of my fellow Mouseketeers. So yeah. it's just this whole blended family, you yeah. know? So exciting. <laughs> so it'll be really cool. awesome to see him there. Yeah, yeah. Joey, uh, Joey, we were, you know, I had a lot of classes. We were good friends with Joey and, and you know, Eric and all. All the big guys really uh, oh yeah and you know that was well and that's another one lewis yeah Oh, Luis, I'm sorry. We, we Not call- Luis. We knew him as Fonzie. <laughs> Fonzie, but yeah. Luis Fonzie oh. is the Desposito guy, like yeah. I, I like to refer him to. Like, But he's been <laughs> a Latin American pop star probably before Justin Timberlake was. Jennifer, you know? the girl that's I mean, not to, a Latin American. <laughs> to my right, the young lady, Lise Matias, is from Puerto Rico, and she just melted when you said his name. <laughs> yes. Like like Fonzie. I'm, I'm a light fan. <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I'm getting off the clumps. Fonzie and I... Fonzie and I would just sit on the stoop in the back of Dr. Phillips and he'd ask me to sing Imagine mm-hmm. all the time. That It was always the same song. 
you know, and he was just one of our sweet little guys. Yeah, you know, sweet and, little like guy. Sweet little guy. I can't him. He's pocket sized, you guys. I mean, he's, he's a little little guy. He's, he's a sweet little guy, and now he's like this sweet medium hot guy. <laughs> you know, I love this. You know, generous, and he's a family man, and he's a hard worker, and he still has a beautiful voice. I got to uh, see him perform last year. Um, in Atlanta, and he's just—he's just always the nicest guy. He has his priorities straight, and I really, I really love the way he does his business because yeah. I think that's why he's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you know, he had this moment of despacito, but you know, he—he he made sure to tell us, you know, that's. I, I I have played for my fans long before that came along, yep. that song. Yep. And I will play for my fans the same way after that song is old news. Yeah, and and that's cool. what makes me me. Yeah. And he's just, just the sweetest guy. Um, so yeah, it was like real it was just very cool to see that explode, you know, for him. I did a um, I did a drawing. A co-writer. When we were in high school I did I did a drawing of the big guys. Uh there was a, it was an acapella singing group that were I mean they were the the rage of our campus I mean mm-hmm. just the most popular guys musically just yeah. uh, and I, I did a drawing of them and and I, I found it and I was unboxing some stuff so I sent it online I think I just sent it to, to Eric Garbus who is one of the guys and uh, he you know posted it and a lot of people were commenting on it people kept saying wow you made Fonzie so little you made Fonzie so little I'm like Fonzie <laughs> was that little that is the scale <laughs> you guys yeah. the pocket sized fellow. He but, is. He's pocket-sized fellow, but he packs a big punch now, yeah, that's man. It. No, yeah, ain't, ain't nobody calling him Little Fonzie. That's a, that's a fact. That's a, no, no, not at all. <laughs> well, Jennifer, your story uh, is is amazing and Wonderful. super inspiring. Thank you for taking the time yeah, to yeah, be with us tonight. So I mean, you've just you've just made this show. You know, we, we were originally going to be talking about Disney. That was kind of our, our theme and our motivation Ooh. tonight. But, you know, along the way, this our storyline kind of got twisted around to uh, a story of comebacks. You know, we're going into the Easter season, so we're, we're talking about, you know, Jesus is is set down and and ultimately for this this triumphant comeback and uh, you know just hearing your story about how you started out and and, and you, you had to go through all of the trials and kind of the pain and now God is really ri- rising you up raising you up once again to to position you for greatness uh, I mean you are a tremendous comeback story to the glory of God and we're mm-hmm. really appreciative yes. thank you yeah that's one of my big words is resurrection you know and, and I and I'm really I really try to be transparent now I really feel like you know kind of when Jesus shows his hands you know i i, I want to show my mistakes and my scars because i think the more i talk about it the more they're going to help other people yeah. and that's mm-hmm, the sure. purpose of them otherwise they're just mistakes wow that I'm, yeah. you know trying to cover up so resurrection is a big word for me and i really did do that <laughs> <laughs> Well, we can't wait to see you at Megacon. Everybody follow her. Uh, check yeah. out JenniferMcGill.com, M-C-G-I-L-L, and uh, listen to her album. Uh, you can find it basically wherever awesome music is purchasable. Uh, Unbreakable, the deluxe version. Jennifer McGill, thank you for being with us on the Nerd of Godcast yeah. tonight. You're so welcome. And thank if you, you know a church that wants me to come speak or sing, I would love to be a part of that community, <laughs> yeah. too. Listen, you guys are awesome. I'm on staff here at a great church in Orlando. I'm a, I'm, yeah. I, I, let me see if I can make a phone call. Call and make something happen. Absolutely. I got a promo video and everything. <laughs> She's professional. Ready. She is professional. Ready. Big time. <laughs> Nothing less than the best. Jennifer McGill, ladies and gentlemen, it. let's hear Thank it for you. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, so you Jen. Bye-bye. Bye. That was so, oh, that was so wonderful. Cool.
That was so wonderful. She is a pleasure. She was delightful. It's so cool. I feel so encouraged right now. She really is awesome. And and the real deal. I mean, when you hear somebody like that, that they can be as transparent Mm -hmm. as she was, that's not an easy thing to do. No. Especially, first off, in celebrity culture, where there's such a premium placed on being perfect yeah uh, and also in in church culture right. where people want to have this mentality of like oh look at i've arrived i'm perfect i'm great uh but just with such transparency and humility um i'm super super thankful that she took the time to be on with us mm-hmm. um a, a good person a good friend you and tell lori for the next refuge <laughs> that's right. and we're gonna bring her in so uh um, amazing stuff but uh you know th- that's really gonna kind of bring us to the end of our, our time tonight uh i don't know how we can add on to that i mean the bible is filled again and again with stories of people that have experienced comebacks. You see, you know, in David's life, he has his moment of temptation and failure. I mean, he like racks up uh, sin after sin after sin in this in this one season of his life, and then God restores him and brings him back. You know, you see it again in the life of Elijah. You see it in the life of uh, of of Peter. Uh, one by one by one, people have these setbacks, and God turns those setbacks into comebacks. Um, he's done it in the in the Scripture again and again. He's done it in your life, and He's done it in my life, and. Uh, if you're feeling like you're not at your best, if you're feeling like uh, you're not where you need to be right now, if you're feeling like uh, you don't see the light at the end of the tunnel, um, just know failure doesn't disqualify you. Mm-hmm. Uh, just just know that that burnout is is not permanent. It's only permanent if you allow it to be. Yes. Uh, you know, just know it when we when we fall short, we've all fallen short. We recognize it. We repent. We get up. We move on. And the most important thing that we can leave you with tonight is that your story is still being written. Mm-hmm. You may be as far along in your journey as you've ever been, but you're not as far along as your journey and your journey as you're going to go. And the only way that failure, the only way that a shortcoming can get the last word in your life is if you choose to let it. Mm. You know, we serve a God who is able to take our defeats and our missteps, our failures, our shortcomings, our inadequacies, and still use them to bring glory to his name. Oh, so yeah. Jesus got up, you get up. Yep. Jesus never gave up, you never give up. Mm-hmm. Uh, we stand triumphant because God loves us and he is going to use us to do awesome things. Amen. Amen. Any, any uh, last words? This was great. Cool. Yeah. This, this was wonderful. <laughs> this yeah. was wonderful. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Well, uh, well, thanks again. Uh, don't forget, follow Jennifer McGill. Check her out across all the social medias, jennifermcgill.com. Uh, holler if you're at Megacon. Go see her. Shout out. Make, make her the most famous person on the MMC panel. Yeah. Look at me looking around like, Justin Timberlake, who? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, uh, but we'll, we'll, really, we'll really blow her up because she, she is the real deal and she's awesome. Mm-hmm. And she's doing it for, for the kingdom. So, Well, we want to close out our episode tonight. But before we do, we don't want to finish out an episode of the Nerd of God cast without allowing our with me as always to have his shot uh, to to share his wisdom and insight on the phone with us right now is Stephen Salisbury. What's up, Steve-O? Hey, everybody. Stephen, you, 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 sound, you sound like death. You sound awesome, man. What's What in the world is happening to you over there? I think I have a stomach bug of some sort. Oh, no. Goodness. What did you eat? What did you eat, boy? I I I ate food at Epcot. I, I was gonna say, was it the good. Epcot food? That's your first problem. Did you wash your hands? Have you been licking doorknobs again? I think it was the rain no, that we not, got stuck in yesterday. Last time. No, man, I hate that for you. Yeah, Stephen said he got up really early this morning and was uh, expelling 
violently. Oh. <laughs> Poor thing. So uh, he wanted to come in tonight. I told him nay, nay, because I don't want to get sick. And as much as I love <laughs> but Steven. But also we care about Steven. We love yeah. Steven, but also I don't want to get sick. <laughs> we need you well, to be well. Well, I hate to burst your bubble, but if this was something I caught, I was with you and Jackie for a fair amount of time yesterday. So y'all watch out. That's oh, true. no. Wow. So Liz Marie and I have to stay away from you guys. That's right. It's a circle of death, you guys. And it all starts with C- Steven, patient zero Salisbury. <laughs> Steven, well, we hope that you get to feeling better, man, because we want yours to be a triumphant comeback story. It ties in, Steven. Just it so yes. Thank you. T- ties into the theme of the episode. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I figured as much. Gotcha. Is there anything <laughs> that you want to share with the uh, the Nerd of God Squad? Um, I mean, not off the top of my head. Just I'm sorry I couldn't be there tonight. Um, but the streak continues. I will not miss an episode. <laughs> even if I'm throwing up. You so are our Dwight. I, I, I watch it's it. Like, I, it's I, like The Undertaker, but in a good way. In a good way. Except <laughs> so he wasn't there this WrestleMania. So. Yeah, Steven is 89-1, and one, you guys, right now. Uh, well, man, we love you. We do hope that you feel better. Uh, and we, we pray that you are uh, not dead next time we talk to you. Uh, me too. That's been pretty much been my prayer all day. Is Lord, don't take me now. <laughs> <laughs> if you need some ginger ale or Gatorade or some crackers or whatever, we'll let us know. We'll send Neff over. <laughs> we'll do. Well, Jack, I have Jackie's hat. No, <gasps> oh, that's crap. But you do. Oh no! Yeah, don't I touch that. it. Don't breathe near it right no, now. No, I need it for tomorrow because I work tomorrow. Don't right. sneeze uh, on it. Uh oh. Let's not talk anything more about that. Anything else that that is a recorded statement can become incriminating evidence. <laughs> All right, Steven, we're losing you. We're driving through a tunnel. Gotta go. Hi, Steven. Steven Salisbury, ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) Whoopsie. Oh, no. Whoopsie. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right, well, guys, um, that brings us to the end of our time tonight. We hope that uh, all of your uh, setbacks turn into comebacks for the glory of God. Don't give up. Don't surrender. Keep your face forward, your feet planted on the ground, your heart in the heavens, and your dreams in the stars. <laughs> Nerd of God. I don't know what the ground is. <laughs> Whatever works, man. Milk in your cereal. Sure, buddy. Gas in your tank. Socks on your toes. <laughs> Chips in Just your bag. Just on your toes. That's weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right. For the Nerd of God cast, Jackie freaking Wilson. Bye. Quentin Gregory Neff. I've been here for years. <laughs> Lovely lady, Lise Money. Make good choices. Nicholas by God Sadler. Goodbye. And I'm Tony T. Until next time, we ain't got to go home. But, but we can't stay here. Go vote for best thing ever on Twitter. Woo. Politics. JenniferMcGill.com. Okay, so we're going to talk. We're going to do a, a real quick debating game, and I've got a topic here. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to pick one, two, three, or four, um, and that's going to be each of us. So Jackie, you're going to be one. Neff, you're going to be two. Yay. Lise Mari, you're three. I will be four. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to roll a die, and whatever number comes up, um, that's going to be the person who has to debate. Give me just a second. All right, uh, so I'll give you a topic, and the number uh, if your number comes up, you are going to be the one to debate. Are you ready? Yes. All right, so the way that this game is going to work, you're going to have 30 seconds to make your uh, your case. The other person will have 30 seconds to re- respond, and then you'll each have 30 seconds uh, to basically argue face-to-face. Are you ready? Here Not we go. Respond, like I don't want to argue. Thir- yeah, thir- to make your, your case. All right, so number two, which is Neff, and number three, which is Lee Smotty. Are you ready? No. All right, here we go. Maybe. Um... 
Neff, pick one or two. Two, like me. Two? All right, perfect. Uh, Least Mighty, you are debating. You are arguing for no shirt, no shoes, no service. Like that, like that you're in favor of it? You are in favor of no shirt, no shoes, <laughs> no service. Neff, you are arguing you should be served even if you're naked. Here we go. I don't want to. 30 seconds on the clock. <laughs> I'm scared. Who goes first? Uh, we're going to let Neff. Uh, you're going to go first. Okay. Least Mighty goes first. 30 seconds, and here we go. This is America, and we are a place of good morals. What kind of a country would we be if we let individuals just walk in in the nude inappropriately when there could be children and families consuming meals together? We're just going to let anybody walk in in any state and give them a meal. We need to have standards. See, that's the core of who we are as a people. We hold ourselves at a high degree, at a higher level of morality. Of And that's time. Good. All right. <laughs> Nefri, 30 seconds. Go. In the Bible, <laughs> arguably the three closest uh, groups of people to be closest to God are Adam and Eve, Moses, and Jesus. Adam and Eve, completely naked <laughs> until they had to put on leaves, but that was their own fault. Moses had to take off his shoes to be in the presence of God. And Jesus, on the cross, no shirt, no, 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 no shoes. <laughs> so... I'm arguing here. That's that time. All right. Okay. <laughs> I think I said what I need to say. Uh, all right. And now you have 30 seconds face to face. Make your case known. Shout it all out. One, two, three, go. Will you deny Jesus? Did not Jesus? have a choice. <laughs> Jesus didn't have a say in his if he was going to be the natural state while yeah. hanging upon this cross. Yeah, and he shouldn't have to. <laughs> That's not how it works. You don't think for a moment if Jesus has had the opportunity to say, hey, I would like to be decent. All I'm saying is Adam and Eve were happier when they were naked and didn't have it to worry about clothes. They could go in and eat whatever food they wanted. Okay. They were taken care of by God. But then they had to put clothes on. And that's time. All right. Right. So we are uh, are out of time now for your Uh, debates. Jackie, it is up to you and I to decide who who the winner is. (laughs) This is not fair. Are they voting least, for least Mati? See, least Mati. Uh, I would have voted for Neff. More compelling argument. He used the Bible. Nick, you're the tiebreaker. Least Mati or Neff? Least Mati. All right, least yeah. Mati gets the point. It's because nobody wants to see anybody naked. <laughs> <laughs> fair, fair statement. All right, rolling those dice. We have one, which is Jackie, and okay. four, which is me. Perfect. All right, that so works Jackie, out. pick one or two. I'll pick two. Two. All right. Your answer is no. My answer is yes. The question is, are Cheetos a potato chip? And Ooh. I'm saying wow. they're not and a potato chip. And you're saying they're chip. not a potato chip. Ooh. Okay. This is a good one. I've thought about this. So, <laughs> this is I've put no, thought this into this. You're arguing that Cheetos are not a potato chip. All right. Here we go. Go. Cheetos. Oh, I'm going first. Oh, okay. Oh, no. It is my turn. Oh, yeah. It is your turn. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah. Cheetos are not a potato. Cheetos. You know what? Cheetos count as a potato chip. And let me tell you why. <laughs> restart. <laughs> Cheetos are not. Because I don't know what I'm arguing. Would you like to restart? Because when I, when I get a sandwich and I want to have a crunchy side item, it's okay for me to use the universal blanket term potato chip. It matters not if they're made of potatoes. I eat Pringles. They're potato chips. I'm pretty sure they're not made of potatoes either. <laughs> it is As long as it crunches... Time. It's a chip. <laughs> All right, Jackie, you say Cheetos are not a potato chip? 
I'd like to hear about that. 30 seconds, go. First of all, you already started an argument agreeing with me, so that means I'm right. Um, when you think of chip, you think of something like Lay's or Pringles with the general shape and crunchiness. Cheetos are nasty. Oh, Get your Cheeto fingers out of my face. I don't want it. It's not a chip. Give me some Lay's. I'll put that on a sandwich, and it'll taste better. You still have 10 seconds. I don't care. Argument done. Okay. Time. All right, 30 seconds to go face-to-face. Are you ready? No. Here we go. And three, two, one. Clearly, you have a bias against the idea of Cheetos. You're disqualifying them from a chip based on the fact that they're not elite enough for your personal preference. Okay, yes, we do acknowledge that Cheetos can give one a distinct case of fromage digititis. That is orange cheesy fingers. (laughs) But that doesn't disqualify them from being able to be counted amongst chips. Still gross. Proper side items. <laughs> things that can be layered on sandwiches or eaten independent. And I'm talking crunchy Cheetos or puffy Cheetos. Nobody's eating puffy potato chips. I rest my case. That's okay. You're still wrong. All right. Neff and Lise Muddy, <laughs> your um, vote. She insulted Cheetos. Because they did. nasty. We had to go there. And that one hurt. So I'm going to go with Tony. That's fine. I, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Tony, even though you started off rocky. I appreciated the way you picked yourself up. <laughs> yeah, Thank you. What a comeback. I hate arguing. Sorry, Jackie. <laughs> it's okay. You're, you're too sweet. Um, all right. Woo! We got four and three. Oh, that means it's me and Lee Smotty. Lee Smotty, would you like one or two? Two. Two. Um, I will say a five-year-old would make a great president. You will say a five-year-old cannot run the country. Are we seeing both at the same time? I wish I got that one. A five-year-old cannot run the country. You say cannot. I say absolutely can. Okay? Here we go in three, two, one. You know what five-year-olds like? They like hugs. Five-year-olds like snacks. Five-year-olds like naps. I think that someone needs to be put in charge of our domestic and foreign policy that likes naps that likes toys, that likes cartoons, that knows that if you do wrong, a timeout is appropriate. Someone who knows that mistakes can be scribbled out in crayon, started over again. Someone who knows that the greatest currency is friendship. That's the kind of leader I want, and that's my time. Lee Smitty, go. I think we, the American people, already have an understanding of what it's like to be led by people that lack the cognitive ability to be leading a country. (laughs) With that in mind, we should all agree that a small child whose brain is still developing, who might still not understand the concept of pooping in a toilet, (laughs) we should not let that individual have the liberty to make military choices in our country. That's the time. Ooh, pretty red button. (laughs) To be fair, Dick Cheney did run most of the country. All right, here we go. And 30 seconds against each other. Three, two, one. You are incorrect. Ronald Wilson Reagan is one of the greatest presidents our Uh country's ever known. Was he five? In his late 70s, I'm pretty sure he didn't have the ability to make it to the toilet every time either. Mm -hmm. We don't judge him based on that. Okay. But was he five? No, he was not five. But you know what I say? A five-year-old has not yet been corrupted by the dirty swamp that is Washington, D.C. politics. Because they're distracted by touching things hey, and breaking the things. Here, someone from, mm-hmm. especially with Have your... Have you seen a five-year-old floss? Someone with your a background five-year-old should appreciate that a five-year-old a nuclear bomb can't build a wall. Off. And that's time. Our country is basically being run by a five-year-old right now. <laughs> okay, your, your <laughs> chance to vote, you guys. I'm so... I just... 
There were so many words said. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I'm going to go with Lismani again because I totally agree. <laughs> Five-year-old would be awful. That's tough. Uh, Two words. Tony gave such a good argument for an argument that should not be Thank you. good. <laughs> Thank you. This, the, I'm, the I'm gonna chips, it, I'm gonna give the Cheetos were stacked against me. Yeah, I'm, I was just impressed. I'm going to have to give it to Tony. Thank I, you. I Nick, you're our tiebreaker, buddy. Again. I have no idea. What? It was least Maddie. It's Come okay. on, you're from a red a red uh, city. What? That's not that doesn't contribute to this vote. I don't think it does either. No, no, not at all. But uh, least Maddie made me laugh out loud, and I was her <laughs> opponent, so I'll, I'll give her the edge on the vote there. Fair enough. All right. All right, one more, and we are done here, you guys. All right, rolling the dice, and it is going to be least Maddie versus Jackie. Oh no! What do you mean? Yeah. Three and four. We just did that. All right, least Maddie and Jackie. And this is he our just final round. You and I, I to guess be the it's one okay. Arguing. I still love you. That's all I'm saying right here. This is happening. All right, last one. Jackie, one or two? I guess we'll do one this time. One. Jackie says avocados overrated. <sighs> Least Marty? No, they're not. Here we go. In three, two, one. Avocados are the worst. They're expensive. They're gross. Well, what can you make it with an avocado? What's good with an avocado? Why is everyone putting it on toast? Put jelly on your toast. Don't put an avocado on your toast. Avocados don't belong on toast. What are you doing with your life? What are you doing with your bank account? How much money are you spending on avocados? It's stupid. <laughs> I'm running out of options. No avocados. Done. <laughs> That's done. All right. Short and sweet to the point. Physically, it hurt me to say she said I love avoc- avocados. She said avocados are worthless. You say no, they're not. 30 seconds on the clock and go. Do you know what our people are running on now in 2019? Not avocados. Let me tell you. It is something called the ketogenic diet. That is what our nation is running on right now. That is how people are living and getting their sustenance. Have you been on a ketogenic diet? It's the worst. You need to find joyful things. When you're going through this process, and an avocado adds that the what the protein it adds the protein that you need healthy fats healthy fats that you need in a pleasurable That's way. Time. All right, so Wait, are you, Jackie are said, you gonna be on her team, Tony? Jackie, I was fact checking. So Jackie <laughs> says that avocados are uh, are gross and expensive. Lise Mati says avocados spark joy. Here we go. Thirty seconds, face to face. Close this out tonight and go. Have you seen me? I don't need to go on a diet. Get those avocados away from me. Give me a steak. They are medium good rare. fats. And if you ate avocados, they would benefit you in a healthy way. Avocados 2020. <laughs> <laughs> the avocados can run the country better. The avocados can run the a country. A five-year-old avocado runs the country. <laughs> a five-year-old avocado sounds awful. That sounds like death. Which is what you'll get if you eat an avocado. So don't do it. <laughs> Shots fired. All right, that's time. Uh, I don't like arguing. I'm sorry, guys. Clinton, I didn't give that to Jackie. Who made the better argument? <laughs> to be fair, Jackie is correct. The, the price of an avocado. <laughs> the average national. The average, they are so expensive. The average national retail price of an avocado <laughs> has gone up a, a 31 sense in the last two years. Avocados are why I'm broke. I love avocados. It physically hurt me to say that avocados were the worst. The inflation on avocados is just 
it's it's incredulous. <laughs> I would just, vote for Jackie just because she had the uphill challenge of saying that she didn't like them. But then Jackie said that don't eat an avocado if you're on keto. Eat something good like a steak. And uh, you know what? It's good steak and avocado. So I can't vote for Jackie. I don't believe in her call. I have to vote for Lisa Maddie. It's a split vote. It's a tie. Everybody hugs. And we're Yay. all friends. Thank you for listening to the Nerd of Godcast. This has been the debate game. The great debate. Yeah, oh, that's better. There you go. All right. Thank you. Good night. <laughs>